As everyone knows, we at the Designated Drinker Show are dedicated to raising the bar on craft cocktails. And now, now we need your help and just a little bit of your time. We'd love to hear what you think of the show and to find out what you want more of and even what you don't. So please head over to designateddrinker.show to complete our listener survey because what you, our loyal listeners, want is exactly what we aim to deliver. I promise it will only take a few minutes of your time to complete the survey, and for doing so, you will receive an exclusive invite to our Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour, a live online interactive event with me and Gina. We'll be serving up some fun times as we try to answer your questions, deal out a few fun cocktail facts, and of course, share some good laughs, all while Gina doles out her tips and tricks as she shows us how to craft three, yes, three amazing cocktails. So head over to designateddrinker.show, dish out your thoughts, and we'll see you at the Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour. The date and time will be determined by survey participation, so go do it today. And hell, share with your friends, family, clergy, postal worker, dog walker, I don't know, anyone you know who appreciates a tasty cocktail and some intoxicating boozy banter. You know we can't wait to hear from you. Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, always, is my very, very talented friend who is my piece de resistance, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> of course, I'm going to choke. <laughs> All right. So I'll let you drink while I go into this. Um, I want to know, um, do you know who Nancy Wake is or was, I should say? No. All right. I'm joking. All right. Welcome to that stage. I'm just joking. <laughs> <coughs> okay, go. Good. Nancy okay. Wake. Nancy Wake. Well, we should all know her, and here's why. Nancy, also known as the White Mouse, was um, the most decorated woman in World War II. She was a nurse, a journalist who once interviewed Adolf Hitler, a wealthy French socialite, a British agent, and a French resistance leader who led 7,000 men against the Nazis. Wow. Yep. She was truly a badass. Um, by her own account, <laughs> this is funny, she once killed a German sentry with her bare hands and ordered the execution of a woman who she believed to be a German spy. So I only know people that were famous from World War II, I mean, if they have a rest stop on 95 going to New York. Clara Bart. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I know my American history, like my rest stops and shit, like on 95. Well, but think, well, that's kind of a cool thing that you know from that. I mean, that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, I don't know. It's probably so, like a maniac, really. Yeah. For a moment. Okay. So, um. Is our next designated drinker a war vet? She is not, but okay. she is truly a badass. Oh. So, a little bit about Nancy before we get there. She, um, was. Uh, <laughs> When she was asked about killing that German spy with her bare hands, she said, um, I, was not, I was not a very nice person, and it didn't put me off my breakfast. Yes. <laughs> Thought you wanted to know that a little bit. I mean, I'm into that. You can kill somebody and then eat a full, like, full plate of food. You're but like, yes. Yeah, apparently. Uh, I'm into that. All right, so let's get to today's designated drinker, shall we? Um, she... Uh, I think you know her better than I. I think this is going to be a, a very quiet episode for me, and that's, that's probably just totally fine. So speaking of a badass, today's designated drinker, here she is. She is none other than the badass entrepreneur, chef, and mom. She is Johanna Helrig Wilder. Welcome to the show, Johanna. 
Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming hanging out with us. Yeah, of course. It's good to be here. The addition of the Wilder is the fun. It just cracks me up every time. Ah, uh, you know, so I like wasn't going to really do the add-on of the Wilder. Well, especially, you know, my husband, uh, the Wild Wilder boys, as we could call them. Yep. Um, but... You know, Hellregal is such a, like, weird last name. It's very long. It's from the northern part of Italy where they speak this Tyrolean dialect. And I found that over the years, like, by just taking my husband's name when I, like, can use it interchangeably, I can, like, talk to Comcast and just spell out Wilder and not have to do something that's, like, so complicated. So there's these benefits to taking an easier last name when necessary. But like in the chef world, I've definitely always kind of stuck with Hellregal. Um, and that's kind of been the funny part of like getting two last names now. <laughs> it's an intimidating last name. You'd be like, they'd be like, oh, it's Johanna Hellregal. You heard she's a badass, right? She's going to kill you. With her bare uh, hands. <laughs> Did you ever see her take down hands. a side of pork? It's fucked up. She can break that shit down in like two, like 20 minutes. Um, I don't even know if that's true, but God, that's funny. Did you see me? No, I mean, I was 36 weeks pregnant and I was butchering some suckling pigs. So, yeah, I can definitely get down with that, but... I think the my run-in with meat was when I did the Capital Food Fight, yep. and uh, they gave me a tomahawk steak as the thing you have to cook in 10 minutes. And so we, like, pounded it down and made a milanesa or, like, a milanese with that um, for the event. So you definitely have me on camera just, like, hammering at meat for, like, a good two minutes. It's in- it was a lot. Was it the beginning of the back problem? <laughs> it was like one of those things that they're like, 10 minutes, tomahawk steak, which is like two and a half inches like thick. So I just took out all my anger in that moment. But it's like fully on camera with like Spike Mendelson and like Jose Andres and like Carla Hall, like all in the background. Just like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You, you can you can pound it out. <laughs> the, ten, the 10 minutes was like, I, that, was a, that was the most ridiculous one. I'm like, Tomahawks take like 30 minutes to cook in general, like somewhat nice. Yeah, and everybody else is like, let's make steak tartare yeah. with it. And I'm like, no, like the Italian in me, I'm like, let's let's like fry that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's fry it and put something delicious on top. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of totally true. I always want to know, how did you start in, in this life in the kitchen? Where did that all begin for you? So the Hellregal name comes from my dad, who was a chef. Um, and he was like a really like he was a very well-known chef, but it was definitely like before the like celebrity chef times. Right. So like he had a Michelin star and like, you know, had an, a restaurant and hotel in Italy and then a restaurant in New York City. Um, but like his time was definitely like before it was like what it is now in terms of social media and everything that comes come with it. So for my mom, like Hellregal is like, you know, it means so much to her. And I've always kind of tried to stick to that name and like bring it honor in that sense. Um, very Italian of me, right? Um, but what I really happen is because I grew up in restaurants and then my dad passed away, my mom actually took over for the restaurant, especially in New York City. Um, and then all the chefs who kind of like trained under my dad kept kind of like working in the kitchen. And so 
I really, like, for the all intents and purposes, like, grew up in restaurants. And so I think when you grow up in it, like, so intensely, right, like, you're there for all the services, you're falling asleep on chairs in your mom's office, like, you know, it's very adulting at, like, an earlier age just because of the environment. Like, I'm sure, like, now that I'm older, like, thinking about the inebriation and, like, parties and everything that they were doing, I'm just like, damn, like, I wish I was there, but, like, you know, 20 years later. But um, that also came with a lot of me, like, not wanting to do that. And so I think what happened was I felt like the need to not be in the industry to study international affairs. I spoke like, well, I speak four languages and wanted to just like use that to like, honestly, it sounds weird, but like I wanted to like help women and like empower women around the world and like, you know, save the world to like one democracy at a time. So I studied international affairs I went to GW, um, which is why I'm in D.C. and unfortunately and fortunately haven't left. Um, And I studied at the Elliott School and then I kind of worked in democracy building and women's empowerment for like about five years. And I got to travel all over the world. And that was a huge part of just being able to like explore things outside of this like strict Italian life that I grew up in, in restaurants, you know, it was like food in a very different way. Uh, Food from different cultures, different women bringing me into their home, showing me different restaurants, uh, different flavors. And so then I just became kind of obsessive of like, what the options of worldly like food and cuisine was versus like what I had just grown up in. And it's not to say I don't respect, especially now, like all I want to do is come back home, you know, but there was something that needed to happen to like take me to that appreciation. And it just came from all these women and all the people I got to meet through that journey. Um, So I don't think I had like a traditional way of being in the kitchen, like my culinary school. Like I had my first chef's coat when I was like three and a half years old. And like, wow, it's not the traditional way of like going to culinary school, but like it was ingrained in me, you know, and I remember doing my first internship and stagiaire and just being thrown into it. And I'm like, tell me if I have it, because if I don't have it, like I don't want to waste my time just because like I was washing dishes. I was, you know, doing the you know, 6 a.m. shifts and then, you know, doing closing shifts. And my mom always said to me, like, if you really want to be in the industry, you have to do all that. You know, you have to feel each position because especially when she was running restaurants, you know, you can't just you're not just the person who walks in like Gina knows, like you don't just go in like if the toilet's clogged, you're like unclogging the toilet. <laughs> you're the janitor. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're the janitor, you're preventative maintenance, you're freaking everything. HR. And so she was like, exactly. So she was like, do everything. And if you still want to be in it, like then fine. But also at the same time, I wanted somebody to, you know, when you're seeing everybody who's going to like culinary school and like all of the men wearing like these like large tall hats and you're just like, did I need to do that? Like, should I be doing that? And I was really lucky that the chef Jordan Lloyd was just like, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, you've got this. And that has been an inspiration. He's been a mentor, somebody I've always gone back to when I've had kind of crossroads because 
it's important to like, you know, ask those questions, but also to feel it because what I've been through as like a leadership position, like sometimes you don't wish it upon anyone when it comes to like all the roles you have to have. It's not just chef, like as Gina just said, like your janitor, your PM, your everything, you know, and you have to have that umph to like get over those hurdles because it's a lot sometimes, you know, especially after the last two years. <laughs> yeah, but now you're also, but then you added the biggest, you know, the new the new piece to your puzzle and then you added baby. So do you feel like, yeah. don't you feel like being a mom, like, you know, talking about this is like listening to your story. I love it, right? Like, you know, my father was a chef. I grew up in New York. I love your whole, your whole being. I just, I love you. I think you're a wonderful breath of fresh air, really, in this. But my question is now you you made all this name for yourself. You've done all these things. You're starting to, like, really get in there and like show people who you are. And, like, then you become a mom. Do you think that, like, this has been, like, what do you think of it? Yeah, well, Gina, it's been, like, I'm going to just be, like, super raw with you. It's been really, like, it's been really fucked up. Like, you know, I have to say, like, as a woman, like, all I've wanted to do is prove myself. Um, So all I've done is, like, throw myself in the trenches, like, do the work, you know, got gaslit so many times in the process, right, to, like, be feeling made to feel crazy when you're, like, honestly, like, you have such good intuition that if people would actually listen sometimes, like you would avoid so many of those issues. Like that's why I'm in a leadership position, you know, but like when you don't have the chance to affect change and like have that control because you're not yourself the owner, but to become an owner as a woman is really difficult because you're not afforded the same opportunities. And then you throw in the pandemic and then you throw in becoming a mom. It's like, you know, it almost sometimes feels like everything gets stacked up against you and it makes it really hard because then you talk to someone and they're like, oh, but, you know, your son now is like the most important priority. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's really important to me, but like my career is also really important to me. And if it was a little easier, you would see that like moms are super efficient. Women as a whole are extremely good at multitasking. Like, that intuition that I have has never kind of led me wrong. And when I don't follow it, it's actually where I mess up. And I just wish that I had had a little bit like now that I've done so much, but I'm still so kind of young and I want to still accomplish more. Like, I just wish it was a little easier to like open those avenues and get to where I want to be. Um, because after the two years that we've had where I've opened a restaurant in a pandemic, I was pregnant during a pandemic and had the baby, like, it's a lot, you know, and I want to, I wish that I could say that, like, women can have it all. I mean, you can, but you're just going to be extremely exhausted doing <laughs> it unless some shit changes for us, right, to make it easier to like do more, you know what I mean? Because it's like people don't talk about the mental load that kind of falls on women sometimes on top of obviously the physical load, you know? And so I think that's just kind of where my head's at is that I want better work environments and I want to create those, but I need kind of the opportunity and window to open because like you can talk about lease negotiations and restaurants all you want, but like you need money to do it. And like, yeah, 
you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I just wanted to have that real talk with you because I think woman to woman and women to women, we can kind of say that out loud because I don't think there's a lot of spaces that want to talk about it, honestly, you know? People ignore it. The reason why I asked the question is because I want, I really love, I value you. And I, 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 a lot of times on the show, I make, I make like lighthearted jokes that like, oh yeah, I didn't sleep last night because you know, I have kids and the restaurant, I still have my workload and all this stuff. I didn't sleep last night. I still have my workload, kids, all that stuff. And like, and all of those things, like for some reason, society will not let us, you know, I, I can't, I can't leave my kids and I get to go to work come home, tell my spouse I need a minute to decompress and go do something else, right? I come home, I, I immediately go to 1955 and I become the laundry, dinner maker, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not faulting my spouse at all. You know, it's just society, how they treat you. And I feel like the pressure, because you're, you're, you're already here, right? You're here in like, where you are in your career, you're like, you're already hitting all the things. And now you have this baby. And, and I had two of them, which I told you, be very careful about that second. <laughs> right? You, you have this baby and you love this baby more than anything on the planet. And then you're supposed to forget. Now the baby comes and now you're here. And you love this baby 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 and you're starting to forget that you love this. And this is what made you want to love this baby and be in this relationship and do all of it. And then you have to feel, you, you get made to feel bad because sometimes you just want to focus on your first baby, your career and yourself. Yeah. And like, and, and you can't say that, but yet if you were a man and you didn't deliver that baby, you could come home and tell your spouse or society or your boss, you know, just not going to be home for a week because I'm going to have to be able to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I really got to focus. Yeah, I, I want to be able to say I was going to focus for a week. Yeah. And it's not acceptable. I think that the thing that really kills me is that it's like you're totally spot on. It's just like the empathy part of it is like not discussed enough, right? Like, I don't like people like the story of a good female chef or somebody who's got this, like, you know, work through the trenches, look at her, look at what she's doing. She's badass. But like, I think with that needs to come a little bit more of like the empathy along the way of like, how has that felt for you? Or like, what can we be doing to like support you more to like get to those positions that you want? Or like, even on the spouse side, it's like, I just don't think they're built sometimes to like, think as empathetically as we do. Cause like, I definitely am always kind of thinking of the others in my life. And that means that sometimes I'm putting myself secondary or third or fourth. And it's a hard position to be in because if I feel like I am going to have a selfish moment, I, as you said, you almost feel like it, it like reflects poorly on you versus when somebody else is like, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go do this. It's like, yeah, you do that. I'll just deal with the other 50 things that have to get done. And I think, you know, it makes us stronger. Yes, it makes us better bosses for sure, because our empathy also means that we can kind of see things a little differently when it comes to even the people that we employ and how we work with them. But 
ultimately, I just don't, I feel like we sometimes get the shit end of the deal. And I wish that there was more room to discuss what it feels like to be us and how people can support it not feeling like the shit end of the deal all the time. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm at in my life, especially like right now, I took a step back, I left Mercy Me um, in June. And, you know, on Instagram, I'm like, you know, I'm taking time to be more with my son, which kind of is the truth in the sense that like, I get to actually tuck him in at night and not work like a 70 hour work week. But I am, you know, working in high end food services for tech companies right now. And just like seeing what they're afforded to have, right, with regards to how they want to treat their employees, including having high-end food services. It's just like, you know, restaurants don't necessarily have that even playing field when it comes to having the resources and the funding to do so. But just in general, knowing that I can like have this opportunity to like give people what I would love to do in restaurants, like, it's a good practice of like what to wish for, you know, but it's like, it's a different environment and doesn't necessarily mean that I'm able to express myself creatively the way that I, I have been as a chef. I mean, creative is subjective, right? You could be creative in any space that you're going to be in because you're just creative, right? So maybe, yeah. so maybe they're going to give you a constraint and you're going to go above and beyond. Like, I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> Right. But what I, I think my my biggest concern more is like, you know, just saying it out loud, saying I want to work on my career. I want to I want to have both. Why can't I put my kid in bed at night and, you know, be the owner of it? And when and when does it change in our profession? You know, when is it OK? You know, and what, also, when does the guilt stop? Right. Because like I feel like the guilt is like hard on the woman. It's just so hard. You get it from your employees. You got it from the people that are doing PR for you. You got it from your husband at home. I definitely get it from my kids. And it just, they, everybody has a, why they need you, right? And then if you, if you breathe for a second and say, I need a minute, they're like, oh, she must be having a day. Cause she said she needs I know. a minute. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. I own four businesses. Gonna be five. You know, I, I, sometimes I need a fucking second. And it's okay to say yeah. it, right? Like, we're going into a new year. 2022 is upon us. We are, we're cusping into a new year, into a new space. And I worked very hard these last two years, just like everybody else, to get my staff out, to be, you know, to survive this, to not have closed anything. And I keep thinking, how am I going to make it better for that next generation? What if my girls <clears throat> want to go into this business? What, what am I showing them? I'm showing them how to like literally work till you die. I, I want to show them better. I want to show the next generation, I the know. people that work for me yeah. better because this isn't, it's not for the week. I think, I think about it all the time. All these people that are popping up and opening restaurants. It's like, it's really hard. No shit. No shit. <laughs> how was your comfy little desk yeah. job? Did you have a good time? Was it nice? Were you, were you upset about your 15-minute break? No, it's not this glamorous thing that yeah. you see when somebody's on, like, a cover of a magazine. Like, yeah, you can have these, like, wonderful moments that, like, keep you going. Because, like, as much as we can say it's not ego, there's always going to be a slight ego even for women, you know? Like, there's going to be something that's got to drive you to, like, honest 
probably do an insane amount of work that doesn't necessarily yield like an insane amount of reward the way that other businesses would. And so I agree with you. I think that it's really like what I was trying to say with here. It's like people are like less stressed. Like I'm less stressed. Like my health is like in a much better place right now just from not being in such a physically and emotionally demanding job. Um, But I, I feel like when I do ask for that kind of empathy or that moment, it's it, it can be really hard for people to respect it or not to, as you said, just responsive like, sheesh, like she must be having a day or what? Men want to just be like, oh yeah, she must be getting her period. Like <laughs> enough, like enough with the commentary that doesn't allow women to ever feel like they can get emotional. They can take a moment for themselves. Like, if I know that you're going to push my buttons and I ad- advance communicate, like, that I'm going to need a moment, you know, like, respect it the same way that I would respect you in that moment. And so I do think that we definitely in 2022 need to demand more of that respect and not just on social media and not just like in articles, but like in every single day life, because practice is going to make it perfect. You know what I mean? Practice is going to mean this is a standard thing. Like, you know, this is a thing that needs to be respected. And and I hope for that because in restaurants, I would love for it to be more of an equal playing field. And I don't know if it will be unless some stuff changes because you know how many guys I'll have come up to me and they'll be like, oh, yeah, like you're a chef. My wife used to be a chef or a pastry chef. But, you know, then we had kids and then like the story ends. And I'm like, OK. Yeah. I think through the pandemic, you're hearing more and more of that across multiple industries, unfortunately. And I think it's women as a whole because it was the choice of we still face the fact that men may earn more money than women typically. And so when you had to go down to a single income, whose income? Yeah superseded. And I think, unfortunately, through the pandemic, we as women uh, holistically have been set back uh, quite a few decades again. We're going to have to build ourselves back into that space. Well, without the child care aspect of it, too, like if you're not also going to like support us like every other country does or maternity leave, like all of those are factors that are now showing ramifications in our society. And I think you're totally spot on that we're all getting set back like so intensely because we don't have that opportunity to like be even starting on an equal playing field here. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, I think we yin and yang with our, like our, our, our partners and, and we have to, even with, you know, the opposite sex when it comes to certain things, but there has to be more empathy for what we're trying to do as women. And that's kind of like where I'm feeling like, 2022 goals of what we can do a little better. I think I think we can all. I definitely think we can all do a little bit better. I think that like our and I think our industry is changing very rapidly around us. But as the days like tick on, I see I'm see you're seeing more and more people, you know, drop out of this industry, and you know, kind of just you know come back. I've had a lot of people come back, and then be like, can't do it anymore. You know, they just can't. They don't have the ability. They took too much time in um, those two years a lot of people were home to realize that this job is grueling. You know, like they really yeah. like what it really means to like sacrifice and give. You know, I don't shut a laptop and it's over. You know what I mean? Like that's 
That's the one thing I try to explain to people that are not in this business. You shut your laptop, your shit's over for the day, 100%. But a restaurant has a, yeah. has a lifeline and it's in a heartbeat and it's beating whether that laptop's open, you're at it or not. It's got things that are in your walk-in. It's got people that thrive off of you. It has, you know, some your late night some places. Like that that thing is going no matter whatever whatever it is. And you've created it and you have to nurture it. And I, and I keep thinking, yeah. how am I supposed to keep two little girls completely focused on their life and keep the restaurant business going, not going, but thriving and like continue to grow. And, you know, we had a conversation, uh, uh, Johanna and I've had a conversation about when is it okay to say I'm happy where I'm at? I think we struggle with that too. I think as women as a whole, I think we struggle with that where um, to both of your points, you strive for so much and you want, uh, and you have the, the, audacity to want to build something better for your daughters and that's that in itself I think, I think yeah, but you we, all struggle with that why can't you ever say it's enough like I, yeah. I we had dinner together a couple of weeks ago right Joanna? I don't even remember what yeah. it was yeah and I brought up when is it okay to say I'm cool yeah you know like that's yeah. enough I've had enough because like I struggle very I I personally find it very hard to say no because I'm always like oh if I say no Something great's gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it all up. Today's the day. Blot it up. You know what I mean? I can't. It's just I, I'm trying to like figure it out. Like and like I. Can't. I know. It's just we have to start finding a way to be okay with what we have because the reality is is that you miss out on so much of the present. Like now that I'm in a different role and a different job and I have my son and it's like I get to tuck him in at night every single night. I also am taking care of my my health, like myself. And at the end of the day, like that one more business you might add also means a little less health and sanity for you. And at the end of the day, like as much as your two girls are important, like you are important equation, you know, part of that equation. And we have to take care of ourselves. And that's stress that not sleeping, like all of that contributes to us not being the best version of ourselves. And so I do think hitting those limits and not having other people around you be like, oh, but like, you know, I would do it if I were you. It's like, well, fuck you, you do it and see yeah. how it goes for you. Because at the end of the day, they're not the one who has to wake up at 5 a.m. when the pipe bursts, you know what I mean? And you have to deal with all the other <laughs> yes, stuff. Yes, 2 a.m. Yeah. I got a late night bar, 2 a.m. So, so that's why I'm just saying, like, I think if we can get some goals for whoever's listening to this call, it's like, ask for more empathy. Like, yep. t- like demand that, like, space that you need when you need it in advance, no matter what the responses and to not take it personally, right? Because those responses are our projection of someone else. And then three, ultimately, like, live in the present, which sounds so corny and crunchy, but, like, <laughs> you have to be able to realize what you have in the moment to be satisfied with what you have, right? And only in that moment will you be like, oh, wait, like, I got a lot of shit going on and I also get one hour a day to be like laughing and having fun with my kids. Like I'm good. Like, I don't think I can add anything more to this plate. (laughs) And you'd be surprised what saying no might actually do in terms of opportunities. You know, I think I'm going to adopt the word no for 2022 and see how that goes. Yeah. 
and not just to my children. I think it's a good one. When they ask me a million times for the same piece of fucking candy, and I say, no, no, no. <laughs> and it's not until I throw out the candy bowl from Halloween that they're like, you really meant no. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so if the candy bowl has to go in the trash, kids, that's what we're going to do. No, I looked at Micah the other day, and I was like, I... I need to find a way to go to New York for myself 24 hours. I just need to go. Like, I don't want any questions. I don't want any ifs, buts. I just need, like, to feel like Johanna for a second. And it's going to come with, you know, civilization and being in New York City and being by myself. And I just am going to need that, you know. And I think it's okay to ask for that. um, Can we go (laughs) to New York together, have alone time in New York? And then reconvene for late night. Yes. And then that way we can recharge as like both. Yeah. Both your, you recharge as yourself. I'll recharge as myself for the day. But then remember that we are still women that. Yeah. That maybe somebody else than your husband would possibly talk to. And remember that you're still like, a, like a, I'm still, I'm still here. Hi. Hi. I. Hi, it's me. Well, that's how I felt. That's how I felt with you when we were emceeing on stage together, yes. right? Yes. And then even at that dinner that we went to the other week, it's like, you know, those are the things that definitely invigorate and keep us feeling alive and keep pushing us. So absolutely, like, yes. I need more more nights out and more enjoyment when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I don't need to go crazy. So thank you. I just need to like, (laughs) I just need some. No, 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 no. The hangovers are not the same as they used to. So I'm good after a little, like there's a cutoff point, but um, (laughs) it's once you put it. Still deserve to have fun. (laughs) It's once you put put a a human out of your body, it's never the same. Um, it's never, it's never the same. Speaking of that, let's take a cocktail. No. We're going to make a little cocktail. This is, this is a holiday episode. I yeah, it is a holiday episode. It's a episode. holiday episode. <laughs> so happy holidays, oh, yeah, everyone. Not, yeah, okay. We gave you our Christmas and uh, Hanukkah and our wish list, right? <laughs> this of is our what wish we list. Want, Gina. Yes. Which is, is for everybody to hear us when we say no. <laughs> I, I honestly do believe that we are, I think this year, instead of asking for things, I'm going to ask for time. I think I'm going to be like, I don't need any more things, any time to help structure. And I really want to work more with the women's coalition, like all the different coalitions and stuff that we're working with with women and, and, um, and, and really valuing that and starting to value the fact that like we have the voice to change the restaurant community for the next 20 years. And, you know, Maybe I can't do more than 20 years because by that time I'm going to be, be fucking 60-ish. And I'll be like, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm 60. Don't listen to me because I'm the fuck do I know. But you won't be 60. And that's why we're going we're gonna to utilize that. So, Okay, I'll be like right behind you on that one. But nice try. Yeah. And we definitely will still be kicking it and living le- like life in a good way yes. if we take care of ourselves. Tr- so that starts with also taking care of others when it comes to empowering them and bringing it's, them up for sure it's so true all right so now all right, that, make me a cocktail yeah, here we go so now <laughs> that you have since we have both have children i have i try really hard like especially over the holidays to like always do something fun for the kids like always you know don't just make it for us they like they, they go mommy mommy makes kid cocktails right but i hate buying extra stuff that i'm never going to use again because i don't it just drives me crazy so i try to have everything as a dual purpose so one thing that every kid always asks for, whether it's snowing 
or hot as hell, they always want ice cream. So we're gonna make a little bit of a, um, and I bought all the ingredients at the grocery store today so that we, it's, nobody has to do anything fancy. Um, and originally in my recipe, I called for a candy cane syrup, which I will 100% lend. Okay. But I had a better idea when I was in the store because I was thinking, what mom is gonna really make candy cane syrup, right? You're not, you're just not gonna make it. So I found these um, Ghirardelli little peppermint candies. And yeah. um, by the way, R&Ding fat kid milkshakes is the best thing in the planet. <laughs> so, so you take five Ghirardelli squares, and if they want to um, sponsor me for this drink, that sounds great. So you take ten squares, <laughs> no, five squares, and you're gonna put it in the bottom of your blender. And um, and if you have, don't have a Vitamix, and you don't need a Vitamix to make this, but if you don't have a Vitamix, chop this up. But your Vitamix is great because you can put a cell phone in here and it would, and it would do it. <laughs> Since I'm making two drinks, we're going to put two ounces of um, simple syrup. And you can buy that at any grocery store now, which I find it to be completely insane. What? Uh, we're going to find the top of the blender because that's going to be important. And we're going to actually blend this before we put the ice cream in, right? So we're going to put this on our uh, medium setting. Hello. I'm just chopping it up. Make it a little bit higher. Making a nice, disgusting, delicious mess, right? So, you have this chopped up uh, peppermint candy. Sounds smells so good. You're gonna grab. Now, this is when you would make this for your kids. You add the ice cream. I'm gonna make this for us, us adults. We're gonna add gin. You think I would have pulled the gin prior? I did not. <laughs> um, I just want a really like laid-back gin. We're just gonna use beef eater. You don't need anything crazy expensive for this. You could use uh, different. I wouldn't. The only thing I wouldn't use is a very citrusy gin, because with the peppermint, you have an opportunity for it to be like really bizarre. Yeah. I think so, so you're gonna make two drinks. Oh my god, it smells so good, right? I love when I was watching you like wash down the bits yeah, of so the candy with the gin. In. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you guys ever see um, uh, Little Offer Nanny? Yes. yes. Miss Havisham. She's always drinking gin. Oh, I guess she is. Yeah, so that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna, so we're gonna, we're gonna blend this up again. Still no ice cream here yet. And the reason why I'm doing this because I want to tell you that if you add, let me not scream. If you add a little bit of milk to this right now, this little mixture you have going, you could strain this and keep this as a cordial for the holidays. Oh. And you don't have to. You can use it in coffees, whatever that you want to use. It's just a nice base. Um, and you don't really have to do a lot of work for it because the chocolate company did it for you. Look at all that. All right. So now I went down the aisle in the grocery, in the store, and they make this new thing called triple vanilla. Do you ever have it? No. What does it mean? I don't know. So, <laughs> so I bought it and it's got like fresh vanilla, regular vanilla, and then it, it seems to be some kind of like cane sugar vanilla. So what you're going to do is let your ice cream get really, really soft, right? We're going to drop it in and... I got, I just bought Turkey Hill. I wanted to make sure you guys, I wasn't buying anything fancy. Do I think that you can go to your local um, creamery and get something great? I mean, I live in Middletown, Maryland, so like South Mountain Creamery is right there. If you live in Washington, D.C., they deliver to your house now. Wow. So we are gonna do, um, we're making two of these, so we're gonna put in six scoops of ice cream. And I'm gonna try not to make a huge mess because Rachel will kill me. <laughs> and all right, so. We have the ice cream in there. We have a gin in there. We have all these things. Now we're going to make our finish up our cocktail for our 
boozy milkshake of deliciousness. I might call it the little orphan hand, I don't know. That's it. So I just hit it and oh, end really? it. That's it. Because what you're going to do is the milk, it's really nice and soft. And that, that's what a milkshake is. Milkshake is like not thick, right? It's not a malted, it's a milkshake. So when you plate fat kid milkshakes, and that's what I'm going to call this. I shouldn't say plate, put in a glass. I need a glass. I don't have any high glasses here. Oh, maybe we'll put it in a coupe. Sorry, we're at last call, everybody, in Washington, D.C. So just in case you don't know, it's just a high-end dive bar. Well, if I was there, I would be drinking it from the Vitamix itself. So I was like, can but... we just get straws? Uh, well, hold on. We're going to make this a little bit. I forget what glasses we have here and stuff because we don't have everything. Because this place is built about jello shots. So jello shots are good. So we're going to take a little bit of the ice cream. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a fat kid drink. Yeah. You put it in the bottom of the cup. We're gonna get this out of the way. I'm making a mess. And now we're gonna pour our drink over it. And you're kind of, there it goes. And it'll rise up. The gin in here is like so good. It sounds really silly what I'm gonna say. Now, you have the option. You could put whipped cream on this. You could do whatever you want. You could open another square. Of course, I have to plate it. I mean, why wouldn't I <laughs> take it to the umph degree? So, you can drink that one when we're done. And I think that's it. We're gonna use we're gonna use a little bit of ready whip from the store. How about that? I'm not, I'm not again, judging. I'm not judging. <laughs> now again, you don't have to use that. You can make your own whipped cream at home. I mean, like these are like I want to make it so that it's, it's user friendly. So it's going to break that up on the top, and then I'll eat the rest. So there you go. And that's it. And that's my adult <laughs> milkshake. Cheers, Yeah, guys. cheers. Those look cheers. delicious. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and, then, and then that one's for you. And then I'm going to eat this whole, I and then I'm gonna eat this oh. whole bag when I, when I, that gin is so good, shut right? Shut the front door. Isn't gin so good with ice cream? It is. Yeah. I would, it's, I would. Uh, as a ginger, I don't think I would have ever thought of that combo. So now I like definitely. This is what I'm gonna have to make because I never thought about gin with ice cream. Oh, it's so good! It's it so is really good. good. I don't know why. Also, gin, lemon, and ice cream even better. I don't know why. Ooh. The gin almost why. goes away, but it opens up the everything else too. I, it's I don't even know how to explain it. That's just amazing. That's the only oh, only I words I got for that is amazing. <laughs> As I'm crunching on the bridge of chocolate. Yep. Whatever. So uh, where are they going to go to get this recipe? You're going to go to designateddrinker.show for, um, I don't know, for stuff <laughs> and uh, recipes and things. <laughs> and if you didn't hear that, you're going to go to designateddrinker.show for your tips, tricks, how-tos, recipes, link to whatever you know, Hannah's going to be doing next so we can see her. If you want to sponsor our trip to New York, we're taking um, Venmo requests. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyway, visit us with the recipes. Um, is it time? It's time. Okay, so as this year and holiday season is upon us and our year is coming to an end, you know, you might identify, you know, if everyone has a spirit animal that they really, you know, identify themselves with. And you might identify yourself with a chingale because you're from northern Italy <laughs> and they're a wild boar. And, and if you capture one, you get to, the, the graces to eat it. It's amazing. And if you are survive an attack from it, that makes you even more, 
um, you know, badass and stronger. <laughs> but if you could be one um, spirit ingredient in either food or beverage, what would that ingredient be and how would it define you? Anchovies. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. What kind? What kind of anchovy? I mean, I love fresh anchovies. Like, they're the best thing ever, but you can't get them here in the U.S. Like, very rarely will they come here and not be fully mushy. So, I'll say cured for now. I don't necessarily, I like cured over, like, the white, uh, like, kind of vinegar-based, like, Bocadona yeah. style. But I just love them because I just feel like they bring so much flavor into anything that you put them with. Also, like, the omegas and health benefits that come with, like, anchovies and sardines. Like, I would even put them into their own category together. But, um... I feel like it fully defines me as a person. <laughs> like, I love it. I love, it's amazing. I, I love, like, fatty. I mean, I love, like, the grilled, all, like, fresh sardines. Or, like, in Italy, like, a fritto misto includes, like, a breaded anchovy. I mean, it's just, like, and it's, like, semolina dusted, so it's not heavy. I mean, I just, yeah, I just love little fin fish clearly so <laughs> that is me as a person okay perfect okay. <laughs> well my little thin fish i know it's weird i know it's weird but that's just no way that's it's not weird it's delicious it's great i love it <laughs> i think though a goal should be is if i could get more people to see things that I think are so normal, like, right? Like things that I just experience in my day to day. Cause I was lucky to be maybe exposed to different things like that and, and, and grow custom to it. But like, I was speaking to a girl the other day, like she doesn't really cook her mom, like cooked for the house, but like she didn't cook as much. And it was just like, so interesting to see how like people, and how they were raised, like how much it influences how they eat later on and, you yeah. know, going out or not cooking for themselves. And so I wish that I could find ways maybe to like make things like what I talked about, like anchovies and sardines, not be like ugh, gross and more like, you know, actually you wouldn't even know that they were in here if I made you a dish. Um, so, you know, there's that. But also, I love ice cream, so there's <laughs> you can just keep sipping that. I don't think we want to put I don't think we want to put our anchovies in the ice cream, though. I'm just gonna go on a limb. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm just like looking at Gina's face right now, and she's like ultimately in heaven with her drink choice. So good job. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing—the play of the peppermint and the gin. and the gin. So good. It's so bizarre. It's not sweet at all. It's like I love that. creamy. Dreamy. Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not like a huge, huge sweet tooth person anymore. And so I think that like, it's nice to get like bitter things. Like, like you said, peppermint, gin, dark chocolate. I love it. But thank you guys for having me on the show. I love you. I love it. You guys are like in your own world. I know, right I now, do drinking like I, have it, I love world. it. I'm like, okay, you guys, you guys just enjoy Happy hour over there. I'm just staring at you, drinking the drink, going, I know, whatever she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just literally in another planet for a second. I was like, oh. Well, come back and let's say happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. Cheers. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> 
And don't forget, we want to hear what you have to say. So go do the survey. Yes, yes, I know I made it rhyme. I'm such a dork. We all already knew that. But anyway, head over to designateddrinker.show, take the survey, and let's hang out at our live virtual Let's Get Twisted cocktail hour. Cheers to that. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.